Welcome back to the Events for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we choose to cultivate deep relationships with our event attendees, clients, community, and yes, even ourselves. Because we know that truly impacting the world starts with relationships, not the balance of our bank accounts. I'm your host, Jen Murray, retreat planner and owner of Relate Escape. And I believe that events, like our lives and businesses, should be successful, fun, creative, and full of chocolate. Let's dig into today's episode. Hi, lady friend. Welcome to this latest episode of Events for Entrepreneurs. So excited that you are here because today I'm digging into the topic of building your community. And I'm going to be doing it in a way that you probably haven't heard before because I'm talking about intentionally creating, nurturing, and growing your community. And I don't think that's a side of community that we normally discuss or hear discussed, that it's something that we can actually build with purpose and decide how we want it to be, right? And there's also how community is influenced by us, the entrepreneur at the center or the head of that group. And I'm not just talking about how much content or what content we post, although that's certainly part of it. What I really want to dig into today is purposely creating and defining what each of our communities are. Asking ourselves questions such as what do they look like? What is the feel of our community? You know, if I were to walk into a physical room teeming with people from your online community and I spent a good amount of time getting to know them, what would I learn? What would be the utmost things on their minds? What would be their norms of the group? How would they interact with each other? How would they interact with you? All the things that we associate with any group or culture or community. And that's what I want to dive into today because if you're a related skate business, your desire for community isn't just as a vehicle for sales, although that's obviously important. It's to build relationships and make real changes in people's lives and in the world. And that starts with understanding that community isn't something that just happens. You know, people start following your podcast or your IG account, or they find your services through a friend. Our communities are not just a collection of people. They are a collective of people. And who is in that collective and what your community looks like is something you can purposely define and cultivate. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to take a step back and really define the word community as we think of it as entrepreneurs. Because I think for most of us, myself included, when we hear the word community as an entrepreneur, we we normally just go straight to thinking of social media, right? Things like Facebook groups, Instagram followers, maybe our email lists, how many subscribers we have. That's kind of where our mind goes. And we also tend to think about numbers, right? Usually high numbers. That's seen as the goal because the more people that you can get in front of, the more chances you have to make a sale. At least that's the line of thinking. So we think about Facebook groups with hundreds, if not thousands of followers. Same with Instagram. How many people are looking at our stories? Because the more followers or subscribers means more people that we can get in front of and get in our sales funnels 
and show Facebook ads to and make sales, right? So I think as entrepreneurs, again, when we think of community, it's usually in relation to social media, high numbers, and sales. It's not usually things such as, is my community more sales or service-based? And by this, I mean, you know, is your community just existing to sell to and for your members to sell to each other? Or is it really there to serve and support each other? And that sometimes results in sales. And I'm going to go into this sales versus service mindset here more in a minute. But that's one question. Is is the community more sales or service-based? Another question that we usually don't think of when we think of community is, are there strong bonds between me and my community members and between the members themselves? Or are they just numbers in a Facebook group or icons on Instagram? Are they just numbers, profiles, you know, or are they people that there's really strong bonds with? Another question I think we don't really ask ourselves is, how do I want my community to feel or act? And when I say this, I'm talking beyond Facebook group guidelines, okay? Every group, every community has its own feel, its own culture, its own subculture. It doesn't matter what it is or where it exists, right? Like that's just the way it is in groups. So what does your culture look like for your community? How, does it tr- how do people treat each other? What are the prominent beliefs, attitudes? I don't necessarily mean political or you know religious, just how people treat each other, what are the most important things to them, uh, what kind of mindsets they have when it comes to serving people and sales. How are those people, you know, yearning to affect the world? Those kinds of questions. But these are things that I don't think we normally ask ourselves as entrepreneurs, right? Again, when we think community, we're thinking about getting people into a Facebook group or posting more or gauging, you know, getting people to gauge more on our Instagram stories. But if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you're what I call a related escape business. And that means while you want to make money and have a profitable business, of course, you understand that relationships and community, those are the real keys to impacting and changing the world. So if we're a relate escape business, we can't be approaching community the same way as everyone else, right? We need a different way. And that starts with being intentional about the community we create and nurture. And we also need to flip some things on there, some beliefs and some, I'm going to call them myths <laughs> or misconceptions, excuse me, when it comes to community, right? So we need to be intentional and we need to tweak our perspective. We need to look at things in a different way because we want a different sort of community. So I'm going to go into two myths. I'm going to call them myths because I I truly believe that's what they are. And let's flip this idea of community as an entrepreneur on its head. And just stick with me here because you might already agree, agree with these two statements, but I'm going to dig into them in a way that there might be some aha moments for you. Okay, so what is this first myth? How can we flip things on its head? I think the first myth 
And it might also just be a trap, right? Because sometimes we understand things mentally in our head and we get, we might even believe them, but because life is busy and, you know, we get sucked into things, sometimes we forget them. And that first myth is that community just happens, right? And I think this stems from us being on social media because there's this expectation that people are going to discover and start following us, even though we are all getting really tired of fighting the algorithms, right? It's not like the days of yore when uh, those platforms were actually more helpful in us discover or us discovering new th- new people and people discovering us right it's now it's like you really have to fight against the algorithms but i think because of that that uh those platforms in that space i think sometimes we fall back into assuming that you know people are just going to find us and they're going to start start following us and then we'll start building that quote unquote community but the reality is a bit more complicated right And who you are as an entrepreneur and leader of your community really determines what your community looks like. Now, it's not 100% under your control, obviously, right? Um, Some people are going to find you organically. Uh, You can't control every single thing that everybody says in your community. But you are the rudder and you need to steer that ship where you want it to go. And you need to decide what you want that ship to look like. And the first step to doing that is to take a step back and spend some time figuring out what you want your community to embody and to look like. This is something that you need to specifically design to use for lack of a better word. Think about things like what kind of people do you want in your community, right? Because just because somebody finds you on Facebook and wants to join your group, maybe they're not somebody you actually want in there. Maybe you want to, you know, how large do you want your community to be? Does size, is that a thing for you? Do you want, you know, I'm always kind of taken back when people are, you know, excited that they have 5,000 people on their Facebook group because my first thought is, okay, well, one, it's you're still fighting the Facebook algorithm, um, which maybe that's why they think it's great to have that because if your stuff's only showing to you know, a third of those people, that's still a good chunk of of people. But my second thought as somebody who's really about deep relationships is if you have 5,000 people in a group, really how deep of a relationship are you going to build with them and them building relationships with each other? Or is this just merely a vehicle to put sales opportunities in front of them? And it's not really about relationship, right? you get to determine how big you want your community to be. How how much does the size matter? You know, I would personally rather have a smaller community that's full of people who are, you know, totally related to skate businesses. They're on fire for, you know, what we all have the same mission of impacting the world through relationships rather than having a Facebook group with 5,000 people. That to me is... That's where I, <laughs> that's where I would land. And not just because I'm an introvert. And I've also, uh, if you listen to one of my previous episodes, I'm also not off social media. So the idea of uh, having 5,000 people in a Facebook group does not appeal to me, at least at the moment, right? But you need to ask yourself those questions because you don't need to, I think also our mindset as entrepreneurs goes is we just feel so lucky 
when we we finally get those followers this again especially since we're fighting the algorithms that we kind of just accept like this is what our community is and we don't really think about being proactive about creating that community also think about how you want your community to interact you know do you do you want them to have an atmosphere where they can be really supportive of each other which probably goes back to who do you let in right how do you how do you facilitate that do you need you know do you need to have a really small knit closed uh know, we'll just go with a facebook group example for now not everybody who follows you um elsewhere actually gets to be in that facebook group like you keep it to a really small group maybe you don't use facebook you use some other online meeting space because you don't want to have to worry about algorithms right but the point is is you're you're purposely curating what that's what the actual community is because just because you have a thousand followers on you know people following your page on facebook doesn't mean that you need to create a community with all 1000 of those people right do you need to all you know think about holding you know retreats or events to allow for in-person connection during the year is there a different way that you can foster connection online I don't have the particular answers for your community. You know them better than I do, but there just needs to be more thought involved in what your community looks like than just Facebook group guidelines. Community doesn't grow or nurture itself, especially when everybody's already in like 50 Facebook groups and they're trying to keep up with all the social media. We can't rely on that, excuse me, for our community to just, nurture itself and people are going to be really active and like it doesn't work that way so also ask yourself how are you going to connect with your community do you have a podcast for example where you can regularly serve them and they can hear your voice you know if that's podcasting is something that works for you again can you bring them together in person so they can connect with each other and create those strong bonds Again, you know your community and your tribe better than I do, but the big idea here is that community doesn't make itself. Because think about it, even if you're hosting an in-person retreat, for example, and people have time to you know, have those organic conversations, which is usually how they really bond, really talk and discuss and share and they're living life together and sharing meals and making connections, you still need to purposely plan your event so though those there's spaces for those things to happen right which is why one of my things on my manifesto on my website is you have to actually do that you have to actually you can't have a event where they're scheduled everything's scheduled to death because there's no time for your people to actually connect right there has to be space for that and that requires planning for that on purpose you also just need to offer the event in the first place. So if you need to approach an in-person event with that sense of purpose and planning, when it comes to an online community, there's obviously going to be, need to be even more purpose and planning and intention. You know, and maybe that starts with cutting down your Facebook group to only your current clients or the people who are most active and just focusing on those 
maybe it means planning a retreat. And I know that's really weird to say right now because we're still in COVID, but I actually have a series coming out here in uh, December that's gonna walk you through how you can prepare for quickly putting together a retreat uh, once we have the okay to do that. So I say this, you know, not without any sort of uh, reality check. <laughs> so stay tuned for that, right? Because there's no, there's no, nothing that replaces in-person connection. Uh, maybe, you know, you decide you just need to sell less and serve more. Um, but there needs to be, there needs to be, and it's some intentional planning and it might require doing some things that other people would look at you and go, are you crazy? Like you're, reducing your Facebook group from a thousand people to a hundred or are you crazy? You're starting to plan ideas for retreat even though we don't have a vaccine yet. Like, but again, we're related skate businesses. So if we want to have a community that's a real community and make that relational impact, we have to think outside the current box. And again, that could be selling less and serving more, which brings me to my second myth. And again, this might, you, I might say this and you might be like, oh, I already believe that I got this. Stick with me here for a second because I'm going to drill into some stuff that might make you do like a dog head tilt to your, <laughs> your phone as you're listening to this. Okay. And that, that second myth is that having a service-based community means either less sales or no sales. Because chances are, when I say the word service or the phrase to serve or something like it, it doesn't inherently bring to mind dollar signs. In fact, I, I'm probably betting that it brings about something that's pretty much the same as, oh, just giving away everything or being poor or maybe not poor, but just not having much money, right? Because we kind of have this connotation when we hear to serve or serving, it's the, often seen as the exact opposite as dollar signs. So if I say you can create a community where serving is at the root, some of you listening to me right now might instinctively bristle because it's bringing up a connotation somewhere along the lines of what I just shared, or maybe it just rubs against your desire to make lots of money right? Because we still want to have successful businesses and, and to live fairly comfortably. Because the mantra is, you know, that we hear is like, selling is that's that requires asking or enticing or hooking people with our ads into buying, which sounds like the exact opposite of serving. And so there's this misconception, then, that if you have a serving heart, and a service-based community, you won't make money. And that's not necessarily true. So stick with me here for a second, because the first thing I'm going to say about that is, first of all, if you want a real community where people know each other well, they support each other, they're also supportive and loyal to your brand, and that will, you know, this community will create change, real change, you need to be real, as in not 100% selling all of the time, you're just a lean, mean selling machine. You need to be a human person 
Ob's my great hand just walked in. You need to be a human person who gives as well as asks or seeks. If you create a community where it's obvious that making money is your primary goal, it's going to create a community that's the exact opposite of what I just described. If you're not being authentic and transparent and putting a humble heart into what you do, it's going to be the same result, right? If you aren't real, for lack of a better word, and willing to serve, your community isn't going to truly connect with you or each other, right? And that is why the community exists. We're talking about relationships, which means connection. And I think honestly, to go back to social media, I I don't mean to treat it as like this evil thing, but social media has had a very prominent effect in a lot of areas of our lives. And I think social media has kind of warped our meaning of the word, actually several words. So community, friends, groups, I think the meanings of those words have become diluted and poor substitutes for the real thing. For example, community isn't just a bunch of people choosing to follow a Facebook page. It's a group of people who have come together around a common connection of some sort that could be a belief, a location, you know, love of a brand, what have you, but they're coming together and connecting and choosing to live life together as a result. So they're opening up, they're sharing, they're being present, they're offering to help other people, right? It's both give and take. And for entrepreneurs, yes, sometimes to sell. So, you know, also note that serving isn't just about putting out helpful content, right? So I take this a little step further, right? So social media is kind of, I think it's kind of diluted our sense of what community is. And I also think that because as entrepreneurs, we, um, excuse me, partly because of social media have been put in the space of we need to constantly put out content. And we do need to put out some content. That's I'm not contesting that, right? Nobody's going to see us as an expert or understand what we do or what we know if we don't put out anything. But I also think that um, we also need to not keep that as just the only way that we serve. Right? So, for example, I approach my podcast as a way to serve. Yes, sometimes I will pitch my services and I will offer my assistance for which I charge money for. But I'm also a business where I'm serving in other ways too. And if somebody has a real need, I want to be aware of it and also help. So it just, and I say this because in, in recent weeks, I've noticed that a lot of conversations between entrepreneurs tend to go straight to sales. So to give you a quick example, uh, recently I emailed a contact, an entrepreneur, to to congratulate her on a win because she had sent it out on her email list. So I hit reply and wanted to say, you know, congratulations. And then I also just wanted to touch base with her and see how she was because we hadn't talked for a while. And so, she responded and the conversation did touch on some personal information, but she went right in, the response went right into asking me, 
did I want to take her up on this affiliate opportunity? And did I want to try out one of her programs that she's launching? And I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean this to sound harsh, but when I read that response, like something inside me just kind of dropped and I was just disappointed because for me, I was actually trying to facilitate a relational connection. I wanted to relate to her as a person who happened to be a business woman, an entrepreneur. And the response that I got was, you know, do you want this? Do you want to take part in this thing? Because I'm trying to sell this thing. Do you want to help me sell my thing? You know, she didn't use those words, but that's, that's kind of what I was feeling in that moment when I read that response. And I remember like, I was just so disappointed. Right. And I, I think as female entrepreneurs, we, we're females, we're, we're supposed to be the ones that are really good at relationships. So if we as female entrepreneurs can't have basic conversations with each other without delving into sales or opportunities, like we're not building community. I'm not saying we shouldn't ever talk about sales. I mean, we own businesses for entrepreneurs. I mean, we, we have to talk about what we do and, you know, offer opportunities to work with us. But what I am saying is if sales is always the primary topic of conversation, we're not on track relationally and we're not building community, whether that's a community of, of clients and fans or it's a community, you know, which is more vertical or it's a community horizontal where we're trying to connect with other entrepreneurs as just other entrepreneurs. So secondly, all right, that was a big firstly. <laughs> Firstly, being real and being open to actually serving people and having relationships that are outside of us trying to help each other sell. Secondly, in addition to that, remember that selling is actually also serving. And these two, you know, again, these two words tend to be seen as if they're on opposite ends of the pole, but in reality, they aren't that different. Selling just means serving while exchanging money for a service or product. The real difference here is the mindset because you can approach serving with a selling mindset. You can aim to serve the right people with the right service or product. And that probably happens to be on your list of offerings, right? So maybe it's not. You can probably direct somebody to the person who has the right fit, but you're approaching that selling with a serving mindset. And a serving mindset just leads to better community. It just does. And it doesn't mean making less. It can actually mean making more because people will trust you and they will be open, more open with you and to you and be more loyal to your brand. And not to mention, it forces you to be more intentional and targeted with whom you sell to. So think back on your own experiences. Think about the strongest bonds you've had with people or brands and ask yourself, was it an instance where somebody was just selling hardcore to you, pressuring you, always putting something in front of you, hooking you into your emotions just to make a sale? Or was it an instance where somebody served you in some way? Maybe they provided something you needed at just the right time and that could still be a product or service that you bought. Maybe it was helping you through a tough patch uh, maybe they provided a connection 
or you know something outside of something that they sell to help you get through a tough time. Maybe they just made an extra effort to approach you as a humble, as a humble human being that's also an expert and, and just helped you get back on track, whatever that looked like. Those types of people are much more likely to do repeat business with you. Those people that have experienced that kind of serving heart and willingness to help you make the right decision and willingness to relate to, you know, a community where you're willing to relate to each other as people and not just client and entrepreneur. You have to remember that you're selling your character as well as your services or products. Your clients are buying both, right? Because especially solopreneurs, because you are your business. And that trickles down in so many ways. It's not just about how you lead your community, which is what we're talking about today. It's also how you do your marketing. It's also how you sell. It's also, excuse me, what kind of products and services you put together. It's the whole enchilada, right? People are buying your character and who you are just as much as they're buying what you sell. So you need to be somebody who is real and you need to be somebody who serves and is open to relationship not because you don't want to sell but because you have a different hierarchy you know that community isn't going to happen by itself you know that it's something that you need to you know if you're going to be a leader an entrepreneur and you're going to have a community of some sort you need to steer that ship to use that analogy again you need to purposely define it you need to cultivate it with intention and you need to also be somebody that isn't just all about making the sale. You need to be somebody who is willing to serve to sell. You need to be willing to put others' uh, well-being before you and not be somebody who's constantly worrying about meeting a certain sales goal that you've set for yourself or uh, just worried about making this next goal or everything that you you know talk to about other people is usually about sales needs we need to just take a step back and all of us myself included and just start looking at things you know just pause and give it that little head tilt and be like hmm what what can I change here what needs changed what, what about myself do I need to change? How can I change how I'm relating to other entrepreneurs and to my community? And how can I help facilitate a better community? What do I want that to look like? And it may take some thought and it may take some time. May not be, the answers might not come instantaneously overnight, but they are answers that are going to greatly help your business and yourself as a human being, right? Because Again, if you're a late escape business, you you want to help people and we understand that part of that is continually nurturing and cultivating and growing ourselves, right? We're a garden, we need to make sure it's tended, <laughs> we get rid of any of the weeds uh, and continue to make sure that the right stuff is taking fruit. Because only when we have good fruit can we pass that fruit on to other people. So that is what I'm going to leave you with today my lovely lady friend 
and join me next time when I go into another wonderful topic that's going to be related to this one. You won't want to miss it. So if you haven't already, be sure to click subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. You can also sign up for my email list because every week when I release an episode, I send out an email that will include the uh, show synop- episode synopsis, I should say. Um, and I don't do spam. You will not get a ton of emails from me. Uh, they're usually just podcast episode alerts and some other stuff. Uh, so you can do that by going to relateescape.com. Just scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and you'll see simple form. It'll take you two minutes to sign up, but this means that you won't ever miss out on a new episode. So subscribe and or sign up for the email list. And I hope you have a wonderful day or evening wherever you are. And we'll talk soon. Hey lady, very briefly before we go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you gleaned a ton of wisdom and comfort, maybe even some confirmation from it. And I want to ask your help in getting this podcast into the hands or phones of more women just like you. So if you could, please just hop over on iTunes and leave a short review and let other women know what you have enjoyed or gotten out of this podcast. I might even read it on the air, you never know, but it's my goal to help as many entrepreneurs as possible and your words, as always, could be powerful in achieving that. Thanks and look forward to seeing you next time.